Hello, and welcome to Play DNA. I'm your host, Damon, and I'm here with... Cassandra. And Sarah. We're going to talk about games. Lots of games played at PAX. Some games we didn't play at PAX because Sarah wasn't at PAX. <laughs> yeah, you guys left me unpaxed. <laughs> <laughs> we ditched Sarah entirely and went to a convention and played a bunch of games. Yeah, and you've probably noticed that our audio sounds a little bit different. It's because... For once, we're actually all in person together, which is great, but we only have one microphone, so yeah. we're all sharing. That's, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, so PAX was awesome. We went to PAX Unplugged, which is in Philadelphia. We were honestly there mostly for business, um, marketing Damon's game Wormwood, which is coming out shortly, um, but we did get some time in to play games as well. It's super cool, though. You should check out Wormwood on BoardGameGeek or... Just search on Google. <laughs> Check it out. It's, it's still going to be a long time before it comes out, but uh, yeah, it's it's getting there. It went really well. The the con was great. Okay, so uh, we did have one day to walk the hall the whole time. The first game we played, as far as I can remember, is one called Sequitur. Mm-hmm. And Sequitur caught my eye because it's like a tray, like a banana-shaped tray that had a bunch of balls in it that look kind of like kind of like bingo balls. Oh fun. Um but they're like solid like the, if you felt them they felt kind of like scrabble tiles and they all had letters on them. And so I was like, okay, I want to play this. This is weird. Ultimately, the balls are not necessary. There's to no the reason for the game. balls. There's no reason it could easily what? it could very easily have been made with scrabble tiles for example, but I wouldn't have been attracted to it if there were Scrabble tiles. It's it's a simple word game. So in Sequitur, there are these cards that give you challenges, and everybody's trying to spell one word that'll meet as many challenges as possible. Word, um, the word challenge might be make a word with the most vowels in it, or uh, make a word that is first in alphabetical order of all of the people's words by the end of the game. And you're trying to do as many of them as possible with a single word. And so you've got this kind of banana-shaped tray, and when you, uh, you can draw new letters from the letter bag, and when you do, you put this ball into the tray. And the good thing about the balls is that when you put it in, everything slides into place. Or when you take a ball out, everything slides together. How fun. Like, that's, that's what's fun about it is it's got that dip in the middle, so... In that way, it's an advantage over a tile, but like it's not that hard to like push over a tile and put something else in between. But it was attractive because of it. I wouldn't say it was like a great game. It was a word game, and if you're interested in word games and you want something really simple that just looks bizarre, then I would recommend it. Well, it's not out yet. We don't know the cost, so it very much depends on cost. That's and it true. Looks expensive. Um, huh. So if they figure out a way to it cheaply manufacture it, that's good. But otherwise, this would be a game that would normally be like a very small box game with a handful of tiles is it the plot is it made of plastic or what are the balls made of just like a high plastic yeah they feel like they feel like bacolite like you like oh. what's what scrabble tiles are made reasonably of. heavy they have yeah, quite a bit of clock. heavy we also played uh murano light masters this is a game by matigo uh this is a game which had a really attractive cover showing this like glass blown dog some kind of animal mm-hmm. fox Really we, pretty looking thing. We picked it up specifically because it had so many yeah, gems. Yeah, I flipped it over and I was like, there's You're so like, many gems. All right, gems. we better try this or else Sarah's going to be game. upset. <laughs> so it, it's all gems. It's a game about glass blowing, but you don't blow any glass. You just kind of move gems from one place to another. Um, they're really nice gems. They're all different kinds. They look like really nice gems. 
They're, they're heavy. They, they look a little bit like glass beat. Like they look like glass. Yeah, they're they're not, not. They're plastic, but they look they're if heavy. They are. They're pl- heavy plastic. I, I don't know. know what they are, but they don't feel like normal plastic. Maybe um, they are glass. It's possible. They could be glass. Yeah. Now I think about it. They're heavy. They're all If they're plastic, shapes. they're probably even more expensive than glass would be. Yeah. So maybe they are made of glass. Fun. It's a game that has some problems, though. The game itself hasn't have any real issues. You've probably seen games like this before. You're just sort of like rotating a, a dial to show where a, a series of two randomly chosen glass beads might be. Take those glass beads out, and then you, uh, if you collect the right combination of beads, you can trade them in for a card. And then you're said to have made that glass object of some kind. And so you're it's fulfilling like you're... things kind of like uh, Splendor style. Yeah, Splendor, Splendor-like is how yeah. you would describe this. Very, very simple gameplay. Yeah. It has two other things that it makes it a little different from Splendor. One is that it uses the box itself as like the structure for the board. So the box is like three-dimensional and has this cup that holds all of the little pieces. And then you can place the uh, glass beads at the edges of that board that's like held in the three-dimensional surface of the box. And then there's like a little plastic ring that's surrounding the cup that holds the glass beads in the middle and you can spin that ring to show uh, where you're pointing to grab the um, the little whatever combination of two random colored glass beads you're going to get this turn. Uh, the problem is is that in order to make this possible without taking forever there are transparent beads as well as colored beads and the transparent beads or shards are wild but the the player who's going to one of the players is gonna get a lot more yeah. of those glass beads so That's in a two-player game i i noticed i was like man damon's getting a lot of these like clear beads i i want some of those and i did the math i like counted around and it's like oh in a single game one player is going to get six of the beads of the plastic beads or the the good ones the bonus beads and one player is going to get two <laughs> So it was like, oh my god, really that's awful. Waited. So there is and a so mechanism we... to stop this. There's a mechanism that prevents this by yeah. rotating the board so that the other player is now going to get more of the transparent glass beads yeah. and thus getting more wild and thus getting more points. Yeah. But that's not like a fun mechanism. It's just trying to stop the problem that they themselves created. Right. At first we thought there was no solution and we we're like, wow, they really messed up um, because it was the same in three-player and in four-player, there would always be one person who would get more of those bonuses than everybody else. And you're supposed to kind of sacrifice your turn and resources to to turn the ring so that you can get more of those beads. But I don't know if... I feel like it would have made more sense to make it more balanced from the beginning than to make it so that one person has a huge advantage. And you have Seems to... like they didn't know how to figure it. out how to fix this so they just put it in the game without actually fixing the problem yeah i don't know it's a very strange mechanism and if you played splendor you know that the gold the wild type of tile mm-hmm. uh is very well balanced by the, the way that the cards are constructed yes. yeah. it's very much like a player choice kind of thing it's not just something that's randomly handed to you so yeah this has been solved in various ways in other games this game doesn't do that but it does have a lot of glass beads and gems, and you're probably going to get it. <laughs> uh, it does look really nice, and it's all about, like, blown glass and beautiful things and gem-looking objects. And, it's yeah. good if you're looking for a simple game that looks nice. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's quick. It's very quick to learn, very quick to play. We also played Bamuntu. <laughs> Bamuntu. Bamuntu, the game of animal tiles. Yes. Uh, I'm sure there are other games of animal tiles, many other games. Uh, this game involves... I don't know how many animal tiles. Eight, ten. There's a lot of different kinds of animals. I think there are ten different animals and eight of each type of animal tile. 
Yeah, one of those animals is a chimpanzee. The chimpanzee has a tail. They didn't put a lot of effort into naming these, or at least translating these. Yeah, chimps don't have tails. Yeah. <laughs> they should have just said monkey, but that's okay. Yeah. It was uh, it was a lot to look at. Like, there was a lot going on because the entire board is covered in tiles at the beginning of the game. But it was essentially an abstract strategy game yeah. uh, that you had a pawn, and you moved your pawn dependent upon which animal you were currently standing on. So the crocodile moves in a different way than the monkey does, moves in a different way than the tarantula does. So every turn you're trying to collect tiles because it is um, a set collection game ultimately. And every time you collect whatever animal you end up on, that's the animal's movement that you're going to be using on the next turn. I thought it was a fine game. It was, it was solid. It was a I solid game. it was game. kind of boring. I don't know. It's, it doesn't have a lot of choices. I didn't feel like a whole lot of like overall strategy necessarily. Uh-huh. It's basically like... Either you start on snake and snake is worth a lot, uh-huh. or you start on tarantula and tarantula is not worth a lot. Right. And if tarantula is not worth a lot, you don't go for tarantula. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> well, choices change, are pretty limited. You can change the value of the animals throughout the game. So also every time you land on a tile, some of them have special abilities. I wouldn't recommend it over other abstract strategy games, but it was it was solid. There's nothing wrong with it. It wasn't like overly engaging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it would have been more fun with more than two players. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of me. <laughs> we played a game by Game Right. Oh, I love Game Right. I know you do. <laughs> Called Teeter Tower. Oh, yeah. I've seen this advertised. I was thinking about getting it. But I, let me hear your review. Before. You would probably like it. Dexterity, uh, so, right? Yeah. So the premise of Teeter Tower is you have this big block that goes on the bottom of a tower. And then on that block, you're placing cards. Every time you place a card, the card has a number of like different shaped blobs on it that are different colors and also different numbers. So when uh, you you roll up some dice, I can't remember how many, three, two, four, I don't know. (laughs) You roll a certain number of dice and um, when you roll them, you can place those dice onto your tower and they are basically the the structural pieces of the tower. But you can only place them on spots on the cards that match either the color of the dice or the number on the dice. So sometimes you get really lucky and you can put three dice on one card and then when you place another card on top of those dice, you have a pretty strong structure. Sometimes you get unlucky and you're putting just two dice on a card or maybe even just one dice. And from then on, it's a lot harder to stack things on that tower. They also have cards that explain, they've got these like outlines on them that are a different shape than the card themselves. So essentially when you place that card on the top of the tower, you have to line up that outline to the previous card rather than the edges of the card. So it forces you to start twisting your tower essentially. And that makes it harder it's pretty easy to get the tower unbalanced. Um, we ended up winning the game that we played, but it was... Oh, it's a cooperative game? Yes, oh. it's a cooperative game. Yeah, you're not you're not trying to force anybody to um, fail. You're, it's not like you're Jenga just... where someone pulls the thing out and they lose Exactly, the yeah. You're just trying to get to the top. So, great family game, I would say. Not good for people with shaky hands. Not good for, like, little children. But for older children and another advantage it has is that each card is double-sided uh one side of the card does not have those little twisty outlines and one side of the card does so if you wanted something that was really easy you could do that and if you wanted something that was very hard you could do that or you can have a mix of both um so that was 
in that sense, it was well done. Um, yeah, simple dexterity game. I would say it's it's good for families for sure. I don't know if I'd necessarily play it again. <laughs> it's very simple. Like, don't expect too much from it. Yeah. We played uh, Schrodinger's Cat. Um, I'm not sure. This was a weird one. Schrodinger's Cat, A Game of Curiosity. Um, this is by a company called Icont Cone. I'm not even sure I would classify this as a game. I much less a, Cone. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say this is a board either. game. It's not a card game. It's, it's not a game at it's all. It's an experience, and it's not even a good experience. <laughs> I'm not even convinced it's an but experience. But I still, I, I still wanted to mention it is on board it's, game. It's Geek. made of paper. It's made of paper. So what what drew me in was it said it was a destructible game. And I was like, what does that mean? That sounds fun. Here's the game. <laughs> the game is, so the idea of Schrodinger's cat is that you're not sure if the cat is alive or dead inside of this box. And, that explains um, nothing if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, <laughs> Somebody okay. doesn't know what they're... Just so you people know. Okay. Cats so, are sometimes alive or dead. Do you want to explain Schrodinger's cat? I mean, I would take quite some time All to explain right. exactly how that works. It's As a, the cat is not actually alive or yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. It's, conce- it's a concept if you really want to learn more about it look it up i guess but in the game but if you don't know this won't make any sense at all no in the game you play with two players uh each of you has two little slips of paper one of you is the scuba master and one of you is the cat wrangler so the scuba master has two scubas to choose from one scuba that gives you air and one scuba that gives you poison it doesn't give you anything but it, it can g- be gives put on the a cat. cat yeah it can be put on the cat and then the cat person has two cards, one where they decide to put the scuba gear on the cat and one that they decide not to put the scuba gear on the cat. So in an ideal situation, each of you is going to choose the right combination to make sure the cat lives. But you're going to choose your cards separately. So for well, That's sa- definitely not the point of the game. Well, you want to keep the cat alive. Well, if that was true, then there wouldn't be a game. <laughs> The only way that this could be even classified as a game is assuming that 50% of your friends, approximately, uh-huh. uh, hate cats and want them to die. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, so this is what you're trying, what, what we were trying to do, I think, because we both like cats, is uh, keep the cat alive. So if Damon chooses to put the scuba gear on the cat, for example, then ideally I would choose the scuba gear that pumps in air and not poison. <laughs> And if Damon chooses the cat that isn't wearing scuba gear, then I would choose to use the scuba gear that pumps poison because then the air outside is fine. But that's the whole game. You each choose one to keep, you put it in a little box, and then the other one, which is the only interesting part of the game, is a a destructible little piece of paper that they have this glass of water, and if you put it in the water and turn the and stir the water it dissolves completely so like that was fun interesting and they're like now your decision is final and you'll never know whether the cat survived or not and i was like told each other yeah and and then then we we just told each other what we had chosen and we knew the cat had survived it i don't understand what the point is why don't why wouldn't they want you to know i I don't i don't know know. they seem to think that that was part of the intrigue they're like it comes with this little tin box and people put it in there and sometimes they just check it on a special occasion and see if the cat is alive and i was like what i don't understand what you're saying dumb i don't know like it was very silly (laughs) i didn't understand at all 
I, I just wanted to try it because I saw a glass of water and I was like, oh, the water is part of the game. It's not really a game. So It's as much of a game as the Schrodinger's cat concept is a game, which is <laughs> which not, is not a game. A game. At all. Yeah. <laughs> it was very weird. Um, I, I did want to give two honorable mentions. Those were the only games that we were able to play during the con because, like I said, most of the time we were working, um, we were playing Damon's game with other people. But, um,. Honorable mention to these two games that I did not get to play, but I would like to play because they looked cool. Um, there's a company called Last Night Games that I had never heard of before, but they have two games. One is called The Finest Fish, mm. and it is a cool title. It it is a cool title. It doesn't have the best box cover. Like if I saw the box cover, I would not immediately pick it up. But the game itself looks really cool. So you get this little fish board. And then you're collecting scales for the fish, and they're shaped like scales, and they're these little, little wooden pieces, and you slot them onto the fish, and they slot in as scales, and they all have different patterns on them, and it looks really beautiful. Um, as far as I could tell, it was some kind of pattern matching, maybe set collecting kind of game. They were not running demos, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it's not out yet. Um, but they do have... No, 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 The Finest Fish is out. It is? Yeah. Wow. Finest Fish is out. Life of a Chameleon is another one of their games, which I think they just uh, released. And that one, also, we didn't get to play, um, but it was a Mensa Select, so apparently it's a really good, like, puzzly game. Unfortunately, we didn't play either. We didn't have time. But they just both looked really cool, and I, I, I loved that little fish, so... PAX is only three days, too, so you have to jam a lot in, right, in those yeah. three days. Yeah, yeah. We, kind of too. Yeah, we really only had Friday uh, because Saturday and Sunday we were showing off Damon's game, so we didn't have much. Oh, the other, the final thing we did is we've never done one of the convention-wide games before, but early on, on Friday, I got this puzzle packet. Um, I was convinced because somebody was telling me about it. It was $15, and... Is for charity, and the idea was they give you this packet of puzzles, you do all the puzzles, and then you bring it back to them, and then you're put into a raffle. And I was like, oh, let's do <laughs> it. That sounds fun. To be put into a I know it was a, huge it was a lot of work. Of work. It was an enormous amount of work. It was so much work. So they gave us this packet. It was 18 pages long, and each one had a, a puzzle on it. And some of them were really, some of them were fun. Some of them were like so hard, and I could not wrap my head around them. At a certain point, it did feel a little bit like homework. <laughs> it was good homework, though. But it was fun. Like, it gave us something to do. Like, if we didn't have something to do, we could sit down and we could do that. So it was great. Um, it also encouraged us to walk around to some areas of the con that we wouldn't have gone to otherwise. So I liked that. And honestly, Damon couldn't sleep one night, and he did, like, a good half of the packet on his own. <laughs> it's like, thank God, because I didn't know what to do with these. They were really hard puzzles. But uh, that was good. It was fun. Good. I, I don't I don't regret doing that. Yeah. So what have you been playing? Us, uh, other people who aren't going to PAX. <laughs> I played two games with Bo. The first one is called Loose Caboose. This is also a game right game, and it's okay. definitely a children's game. It's a push-your-luck game with a loose caboose. And <laughs> this explains nothing. They give you a caboose in the game and these cards, and the cards make a track, like a train track, and you're pushing your luck. So you lay down the track, and then you roll this dice. Well, there's several dice, and depending on how many tracks you get or how many cabooses you roll on the dice, you have to move the train forward that many. 
spaces, but the, if the track runs out and you've run out of space, you have to take that many penalty cards and from the back of the track. Um, and the only way you can get rid of these penalty cards is if, by some reason, you lose control of the train again and the, the cards at the end of the track match the ones that are already in your penalty, like in order. So like if you had a one on top and the last card on the tracks was a one, you could like eliminate those because they match. Or if there's a two there, you could eliminate those. So it's very simple children's game about trains and it's a very simple push your luck. I wouldn't say like, don't play it with adults, kind of a kid's <laughs> game only. Um, and then we played a really good, really good push your luck game called Spots. It's probably my new favorite game. Wow. Like and new, completely favorite game? I like it a lot. It's th- it's dog themed. I'm not <laughs> particularly in love with dogs. I'm kind of neutral on dogs. I don't have a dog. <laughs> so, like, if you really like dogs, like, you would love this game because every single dog card in the game is its own unique card. It's, a, it's its own card. Mm-hmm. And it's called spots because when you're playing these dog cards, you're putting the dice on them to create the spots on the dog. Oh, that's fun. So, like, if you have Wilbur and he needs a one die, then you roll a one die, you'll stick it on him. And, okay. like, the, the cutest part of the game is that, like, sometimes the nose will be, like, the dice you're sticking his little nose on. <laughs> or, like, his butthole. Like, it's, like, there's, like, Boy, a that little ex- butthole. that escalated, <laughs> escalated quickly. <laughs> it's so cute. Anyway, it's a really, really good push-your-luck game. So, there's a lot of player interaction. Like, you can screw people over with what dice you roll. But ultimately, every single there's um, six cards that are laid out on the table, and you can do one of these tricks to get potentially to put dice on your dogs. And so, like either you're you're rolling eight dice at once or rolling two. But if you roll whatever amount of dice you roll, you have to place them on your dogs. And if you can't place them, they go in what you call your dog pile. And if your dog pile ever gets to seven or above, then you bust and you have to take all your dice off all the dogs you've already placed. So it's oh, a really no. really fun push your luck game with spots and dogs and it's so well themed and i really like it for how simple it is it's a really fun game cool that's what we played yeah. i love push your luck games yeah uh great well we we did get a few free games from pax which we are going to try and play this week and uh so we'll talk about those in the future but yeah we we had a great time anybody who hasn't been to a gaming convention before they're just really good fun <laughs> if you get the chance go there's so much gaming to do and we met a lot of great people and yeah and we are i mean we're we're kind of officially on vacation <laughs> or unofficially i suppose because we're still technically working um but damon and i will be traveling for the next couple of weeks to see family and so i think this is our last episode of this year Uh, So we will be back in January, uh, the first Wednesday of January. And uh, as usual, if you want to check out any of the games that we talked about, you can look in the podcast notes below or our website, which is playdaypodcast.com. And as always, play safe, play often, and we'll see you next time.